Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want to give a trigger warning for suicide, just in case anyone might not want to hear about that. We will be talking about that in this episode. So if that's something that you aren't able to listen to right now, then... Don't. But also, if you or someone else needs help, Call 988. They will be able to help you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Gabby. And I'm Rob. And this is Dark Origins Podcast. And today we are not going to be talking about the inspiration behind some medium of art. What? Yeah. Why? What are we doing? I, I decided that I want to talk about a few cases from the past year since it's December and the year's almost over that have really stayed on my mind for whatever reason. They've left an impression. Yeah. Are Um, these cases I'm familiar with? Probably not. And that's part of why I want to talk about some of them, just because I think like most people have probably heard about at least one of them. But if there's anyone out there who hasn't heard of them, especially the ones where like someone's missing, then I think it's important to to get that information out there. Yeah. The other ones I just, you know, we like to talk about these things not because it's it's not entertainment, it's not, you know, just telling stories, it's talking about the really horrific things that happen in this world and talking about why it happens and how it happens and what is the, you know, the world's reactions to these things, which is why we a lot of times talk about the things that inspired, you know, 
movies, books, TV shows, whatever, because a lot of times that is how the world copes with things and escapes from things weird enough. Right, 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 right. Weirdly enough, I should say. I mean, art is a lot of things, but one of the things that it is... It's one of the ways that people express how they're feeling. Yes, yes. You know, and we can like, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's we escape from it by facing it in like a fictional context a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think you said exactly what I was trying to say, but just couldn't find the words for even though it was a really simple sentence, which is art is a way that we express ourselves. So art revolving around true crime is, you know, the community's way of expressing the feelings that that they're dealing with in relation to, you know, these crimes. Sure. So the first case I want to talk about is the Shakahola Forest Massacre that occurred earlier this year. Where is that? In Kenya. Oh, okay. So this happened, was this like earlier, like January or like summertime? Do you know? This was a thing that was ongoing for a long time, but it came to light in March slash April. So You're saying it, it was going on for a long time. You'll understand more as I talk about it. Like a massacre went on for a long time? Yeah. Um, yes. That sounds terrifying. Go on. It's a cult it's cult related, so I don't know. like I don't like when people are harmed, you know, which most cults end up harming people, but I just am fascinated by cults. Yeah, me too. So everything came to light in April of this year when a man told police that his brother and sister in law had killed their children by starving them. Police obviously began an investigation and started by visiting the couple in their home in the Shackahola Forest. They located the bodies of the children that the couple had starved, and they found them in shallow graves. They also found their remaining child alive, but extremely emaciated and sick. So they were on their way to not only killing two kids, but all three of their children. Yeah. From starvation. So this is real. Like it wasn't, they they didn't like... This wasn't a false report at all. Like they had actually. Yes, this was very real. And that going is on. exactly and what happened. Yes, and ongoing. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. This began the unraveling of the Good News International Church. That does not sound like good news. I know. I love to eat. Can you imagine like the good news? You don't have to eat anymore. I'd be like, what? and the uncovering of the crimes committed by its leader, Paul McKenzie. Good News International Church was located on a sprawling piece of property in the Shakahola Forest in Kenya, obviously. Members lived on the property in small shacks made from polythene sheeting with thatch roofs. So they just kind of made these themselves. Poly what? Polythene sheeting. So polythene, do you know what? What is that? I don't think I've ever heard of that. I think it is like, it, it looks like a transparent, like plastic sheet. It's normally used for covering things. So like, you know right. how people cover their outdoor furniture yeah. during the winter, or it says it's also good to protect floors when you're painting or decorating. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about now? Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what it is. So That's wild. That's what they are living in is shacks made of that material with a thatch roof. Wow, okay. Yeah. I imagine it's hot in Kenya, right? Yeah. 
I feel like if you were surrounded by that stuff, it would get hot. Oh, I would think so. Like it'd be just just magnify the heat. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like it would allow for good airflow, good ventilation, or shade. Yeah, no, no. The thatch roof would provide shade, but yeah, that would not provide any shade. It seems like that would be incredibly uncomfortable to live in. Awful. So along with these little shacks scattered across the property were also mass graves. Tons of mass graves. Um, How many people were out there? Well, I'm going to tell you in this next sentence. Okay. So... After exhuming all of the bodies they could find, the total death toll was 429. I meant like how many alive people? Well, listen, that's what I'm going to tell you. Okay, I'll be patient. After exhuming all of the bodies they could find, the total death toll was 429. But authorities said they couldn't be sure that they had found everyone because 613 people connected with the cult had been declared missing and they weren't able to account for all of them between the number of bodies and the number of members they had rescued. So they had rescued, I believe, like 90-something people alive, and they had found 429 bodies, but 613 people connected with the cult had been declared missing. Right, right. While they were out there looking for the bodies, some of the members that were there and alive were you know, obviously they're in a cult, they're brainwashed, were trying to get in the way of them finding the bodies. They were trying to kind of probably help their leader and they might have been afraid that they were going to get in trouble. I'm not quite sure, but they were hindering the investigation. Sure. Some of them also were hiding. So they were trying to, you know, they were having trouble finding the people who were alive because some of them were hiding and they're also having trouble right. finding, you know, the Dead bodies people, yeah. because not only are their mass graves spread across this really big property in the forest, but the people that are alive are trying to keep them from finding them. So yeah, it was not easy. Autopsies revealed that the majority of the victims, 227 of them being minors, died from starvation, but a sizable number died from other things like asphyxiation, head injuries, or other types of violence. And one victim had actually been buried alive for three days before being rescued alongside what the 90 other people who were rescued. Yeah. So buried alive for three days. Yes. So how did this happen? That's you might ask. (laughs) Obviously it began with Paul a former taxi driver turned church leader. It seems he hadn't always been very religious, but he began attending a Baptist church around 2000. In 2003, he decided to start his own church in Melindy. So he had been going to church for a few years, and then he was like, I think it's time I start my own church. Yeah, duh. His teachings were pretty normal in the beginning. At least that's what people say. I don't actually know what they were, so I have no idea if they were normal or not. (laughs) But that's what, you know, people who are a part of his congregation or used to be part of his congregation said. But they became increasingly extreme and problematic as time went on. 
He had hostile views towards other religions, even those that fell under the umbrella of Christianity, such as Catholics. So he really didn't like Catholics. He really didn't like Muslim people. Basically, it sounds like anyone who didn't practice his religion. Oh, so the Catholics and the Muslims. Yes, and many others. Yeah, Episcopalians and the, you know, Baptists and you know. Well, not Baptist, but not well, right? Because he was a Baptist, but well, his own version of Baptist. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He also hated the LGBTQ plus community and told his followers that schools were teaching their children, quote, lesbianism and gayism, unquote. This was part of his reasoning for why he told followers to take their children out of school. And he also obviously tried to get his followers to cut off family members and basically just isolate themselves from the community. The standard abusive relationship kind of thing. Yes. But, you know, similarly to America in Kenya, it sounds like at least from my research on this case that they are not allowed to, you know, not have their children going to school, whether it's being homeschooled or going to school. They have like truancy truancy laws. laws. Yeah. Yeah. So this type of isolation is obviously textbook cult leader behavior. It's a super effective way of controlling your followers for multiple reasons. First, members won't be sharing any of, you know, his fucked up teachings with anyone on the outside. So all of his members will live in an echo chamber with no pushback or anyone to tell them that the things they're doing aren't healthy. Right. It also cuts people off from their support systems. So they feel like they have nowhere else to go but the church, making it really hard for people to leave. On top of this, he instructed followers to destroy government issued documentation like IDs and birth certificates and forbade them from going to the hospital, even if they were super sick. If Kenya is anything like America, I assume it would be quite hard to find a job or housing without having things like an ID or a birth certificate, which, you know, here in America, obviously, it's really hard to find a job or get housing if you don't have those things. So I imagine it's probably similar in Kenya. And that's why a lot of homeless people have a hard time because they end up losing their IDs or birth certificates along the way, social security card, whatever. Right. And then they can't get a job because of it. And you got to go get one. Yeah. You got to go get the thing and it costs you 10 bucks. Yeah. Or 25 or whatever it is now. Yeah. But that's the problem. I'm trying to get a job because I don't have 10 bucks. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if our neighbor's looking in. Well, I just saw the light like go on, but it must have been in a hallway or something because it's the room is dark, but the door is open. So I could see him turn on the light in the hallway, but he just turned it off. This is real exciting, everybody. We got neighbors that just moved in. They've their house is finished. You know, the construction's done, so they moved in. And, you know, we recently moved in, so we don't have all of the blinds up, right? We have some, you know, but in the studio we don't. And the guy next door, he doesn't have blinds either. So we're getting to know each other very well. Yeah, last night when I was in here working on the episode, the light turned on and he came in and at first he was doing something. I don't know what he was doing. And then he noticed me and he started dancing. 
but he wasn't like smiling or laughing or anything. He was just dancing. And, and then, it wasn't, this wasn't like your simple little two step. I mean, this guy was spinning around and doing pirouettes. Well, and, I mean, not, that wasn't at first. He stopped dancing for a second, went off, continued doing what he was doing. And I couldn't see him because he walked past the window. Then he came back into view of the window. And that's when he started dancing even more and doing all of the spins <laughs> and stuff. And then he looked at me again, but he didn't smile or laugh or anything. I was obviously laughing. And then he just walked out. It was super He did have bizarre. a phone in his hand. I wonder if he was like, you know, because you were, Gabby recorded this. So I got to see the video. It's hilarious. And, it, you know, he had a phone in his hand. Maybe he was doing a video. Maybe he was making a TikTok. I don't know. I was wondering, because, yeah, it looked like he was either recording himself or like FaceTiming with someone. Maybe he's got an OnlyFans. And he just da- does sick dance moves. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. There's I mean, a million possibilities here. They weren't great dance moves, but yeah. I thought they were phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry if Tara neighbor, if you hear this, but you you know, you're they weren't terrible. <laughs> but you could make improvements. Okay. Back to where we were. This makes his followers even more vulnerable because they truly cannot leave since they would have an incredibly hard time supporting their family without a job or a place to live. Once his followers began starving themselves at his instruction, they probably became even more malleable because they didn't have the strength to fight back and they didn't have the, you know, nutrients in their body that they needed to think correctly. Yeah, the mental fortitude. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. I get like that after like six hours. I can't imagine. Yeah. Going days, weeks. So grateful. Yeah. He perfectly primed them to follow his lead, no matter how dark or fucked up it became. I'm not sure when Mackenzie pivoted from, you know, his hateful cult leader rhetoric to being a hateful cult leader who also believed in doomsday prophecies, but that is what happened. (laughs) It just got worse. Yes, and he did that with the help of the theological teachings of another doomsday cult leader named William Branham. Branham was a self-proclaimed prophet who said he received visions from God. He had many beliefs that made him controversial, one of them being his prediction that the world would end in or before 1977. He was wrong. Yeah, that obviously did not happen. Yeah, I mean, unless we're in a different, you know, parallel universe of some kind. Yeah. I'm not sure to what degree Mackenzie used these teachings or how much he had to manipulate them, because obviously he's not saying, he's not telling his followers that the world is going to end in 1977. Right. Um, He's updating it to... 2023 or 24, yeah. 2027. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? Yeah. But it's reported that he used the teachings to some degree. Okay. Mackenzie had completely brainwashed his followers in order to gain power and at times to benefit himself monetarily. Because that was the thing that I kept wondering, like, why is he doing this? Because a lot of from the reports that I've seen, a lot of his congregants were not very financially well off. In fact, they didn't have much at all. So weird. I don't know. I was like, what is he gaining from this? I understand like cult leaders 
don't just do things to gain things to gain Money. monetarily. Right. But it's like uh, sex or power, um, things like that. Yeah. So Both. it seems to me like he was just gaining power and that was what his, you know, that that's what was driving him to do this. Of course he did benefit monetarily a little bit, or I mean, it might actually been more than a little bit. I'm just not quite sure how it happened. I know that some of his congregants, despite having very little, did give him all that they had. So maybe he just had enough congregants that he was able to get a lot of money from them because he used that money to buy this huge property in the Shackahola Forest, which by some accounts was pretty expensive. So okay. it seems like, you know, getting money might have been part of it for him. But I think the majority of his drive just came from being drunk on the power that he was, you know, gaining. Yeah. So when he told them that they had to fast in order to go to heaven and meet Jesus, most of them followed his orders. They were... The short fast is just 40 days, 40 nights. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is it does take a while. I mean, a relatively long time to die from starvation, although it seems like he wasn't just having them, you know, fast from food. He was also telling them not to drink water. So that oh, that will quick. kill you much quicker. Real quick. Yeah. Any of his followers who didn't want to do this or who pushed back against him were yeah. killed by people that he hired. Really? So, yeah. So he hired men to kind of keep his followers in line. Like hired mercenaries or hired other cult believers? Cult members. The way that it was described was he hired criminals. So maybe mercenaries. You gotta be I'm, quite a criminal. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that means or why it was said like that, but that's that's what the report that I read. Maybe there's like a translation. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It it seems like they might not have been cult members though. They might have been hired from the outside. Hey, man, I'm going to need you to come in here. You got to do some criminal shit, man. But at the same time, we'll find out he was not the only person who ends up being arrested. So maybe okay. maybe, maybe they were also followers. I, w I wish there was more information out about this. I'm giving you all the information that I could find. And some okay. things, some questions that I had were not answered. Well, maybe they will be. Yeah. But... Mackenzie did have setbacks in, you know, this journey of going from opening up a church to becoming a doomsday cult leader. It didn't go, you know, just super smoothly for him, even though he was able to get to the point of being a doomsday cult leader. <laughs> so first in 2017, when authorities somehow became aware of the fact that he had tons of children living on his previous compound in Melindy where he started the church. Yeah. Police searched the compound and found 43 children living there who were not going to school. So they charged him with offering education at an unregistered facility, but he didn't really face any consequences from this as he was able to take a plea bargain that allowed him to keep operating the same way. Uh, okay. Yeah. In 2019, police investigated the church again, and this time authorities ordered him to shut his church down. Good. 
At this least they is tried the to point. Do something. Yeah, but he didn't shut the church down. Instead, he just fled from that compound in Melindy to the Shackahola Forest with all of his followers in tow. Much harder to find the guy. Super isolated. Yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. In March of 2023, Mackenzie was arrested in connection with the deaths of the children. I believe these were the children who were found after the man called about his brother and sister-in-law. Sure. Yeah. But again, it's not completely clear, but I, I think that this is the timeline. But he was let go on bond, even though he so was... So you're telling me that you got dead kids in your little forest campsite? And you get bail? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, he used his freedom to not only continue his mission of making his followers starve themselves to death, but now he was very invested in speeding the process up. Right. He's like, I've only got a few days. Yeah. So he told his followers that the world was ending sooner than he initially predicted, and they must kill themselves to meet Jesus in heaven very soon. This was supposed to take place in three rounds, children first, women second, and men third. He had designated grave diggers who got to eat while they watched others starve to death, and the men he hired to kill naysayers were occasionally used to kill people who weren't dying quick enough. Fuck. A month later, police got another tip, leading them to re-arrest Mackenzie. It was at this point that detectives found all of the mass graves, or at least the mass graves that we know of now. Surviving victims were sent to a rescue center while several people were arrested alongside Mackenzie. Thankfully, Mackenzie was not let out on bond this time. Many of the victims refused to eat in the rescue center, obviously still under the spell of his teachings. Instead of sending the victims to a treatment center that could meet their needs for deprogramming and providing them treatment for everything they've been through, Authorities decided to charge them with attempted suicide, which is a misdemeanor that carries a sentence of up to two years in prison in okay. Kenya. Yeah. Officials said the victims would undergo a mental and physical health check in jail or prison, and they would also be forced to eat, obviously. Man, how do you jail somebody that wants to kill himself? Yeah, so this was a this was pretty controversial, obviously. That's archaic. Yeah. I don't know if they were thinking there aren't any, you know, treatment centers close by that can meet the needs of these people. So we need to just send them to prison to make sure they eat and don't die. I don't know what their thought process was, but it seems like that is like the worst thing that could happen to them. Not the worst, but pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it has been reported, I I don't know how true this is, but it's been reported that some of the remaining survivors who were not found initially yeah. are hiding out in the forest still because now they're afraid of being, you know, sent to jail. Or they're just not eating in the forest. Yeah, yeah. So, man... Man, that's a that's a wild way to kill yourself. You know, if you hang yourself, you're you know you immediately. So I've been told, 
you immediately try to save yourself, you know, but you have to have real determination. Yeah. Cause that is a slow, painful way to go. And you, yeah, have to be very determined to not do anything about it. Because everything, obviously, your survival instincts kick in very quickly and everything in your body is telling you to eat food and drink water and to push back against that. I mean, you have to really, really be very motivated to do that. Yeah. And obviously they were because they believed this was the only way to go to heaven and live, you know, eternally with Jesus. So the investigation is ongoing and the only real update so far happened pretty recently. On November 10th, Mackenzie was found guilty of illegally distributing films without a license and for operating a studio without a license. Wait, 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 wait. We haven't talked about that at all. What He's got a studio and he's making movies? So... I think what they're referring to is he had like a YouTube channel or something oh. like that. I don't know for sure. I don't really understand the law in relation to these kinds of things in Kenya, obviously. Of course. So I think that it had to do with his YouTube channel, maybe. I think, I think. I think some countries will not allow you to do YouTube. So, yeah, I mean, he, I, which is weird. You, I think you can do it. But you have to have like a license or something. Or maybe it was like the way that he was doing it. Like he was. I thought you were going to say there was like some weird like pedophile shit. Not that we know of. No, no, no. So he was. He basically had a YouTube channel where he was espousing these weird ass beliefs, you know, to a broader audience. Okay. And they're probably just trying to find anything they can to keep him in prison while they investigate. Yeah, to keep him there, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So for these crimes, he was sentenced to 18 months in prison. And okay. they'll probably continue their investigation while he's there. At least that's what we hope because I want I need to know more about this. I know. Me too. I'm, I can't believe I haven't heard about it until now because this happened, you know, very early in the year. But Well, it is in Kenya. I know, but still, like, that is a huge amount of people that's a to big, die. That's a big number. So we'll keep you updated if there are any updates on that case. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Another case that caught my eye actually occurred in 2018. It didn't occur this year, but the trial came to an end this year. Ooh. The case began specifically on October 3rd, 2018, when a woman named Jessica Kurchuski, I think is how you say her last name, called 911 because her friend, 62-year-old Lynn Hernan, was unconscious and not breathing. When first responders arrived, they found Lynn dead, sitting in her recliner with crushed up pills on her chest. Off to the side of the recliner was a table with more prescription pills sitting on top of it. Jessica told officers that she believed Lynn was suicidal because of her health conditions. I guess she had some pretty serious debilitating health conditions. Yeah. So her death was initially ruled a suicide. That was until three months later when the toxicology report came back showing Lynn had a fetal dose of tetrahydralazine, the active ingredient in some over-the-counter eye drops in her system. Oh. Tetrahydralazine is poisonous and can lead to some pretty serious side effects if ingested, such as difficulty breathing, changes in blood pressure, nausea and vomiting, seizures, coma or death, and a bunch of other side effects. But those are, you know, some Yeah, don't some drink of them. this product. Yeah. I'm assuming the medical examiner took into account the fact that Lynn was found with prescription pills all around her while actually dying from eye drop poisoning and decided that suicide didn't really make sense. Right. Detectives ended up going back to her friend Jessica, the one who found her, yeah. and told her the results of the toxicology report, wanting to hear her thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I'm very interested to hear what uh, she thinks about this. Jessica told detectives she had no knowledge of how her friend could have ingested such a large amount of eye drops, but the investigators obviously pressed further, and eventually she told them that she did have some knowledge. She told them that the day before Lynn died, she saw her mixing eye drops with vodka before drinking the mixture. Horseshit. When detectives asked Jessica to reconcile the crushed pills on her chest with the fact that she died from tetrahydralazine poisoning. She said that Lynn must have staged her suicide to look that way. And that's how she wanted it. She, I mean, she's trying. Yeah. You know, she's trying. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I've been caught lying before and it's you backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. It's yeah. never going to work. Yeah. Jessica quickly became the prime suspect and investigators didn't have to look too deep to find a motive. Not only was Jessica in Lynn's will, which I'm assuming that's probably why they kind of zoned in on her in the first place, that and the fact that she was the one to find her. She found her, yeah. But she had also been stealing money from Lynn. So oh. she was going to get money after Lynn died. And she also was, you know, stealing from her. So she was probably, you know, worried that she was going to find out or maybe she just wanted all of it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. She's, she thought this was JG Wentworth. 
So altogether, she had stolen around $300,000 from Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. Those close to Jessica said she appeared to have a spending problem. Oh. And they questioned how she was able to pay for spa days and expensive gifts and spend so much money gambling when she didn't have a job. She's just stealing money and go to the casino? Yeah, she spent a lot of money at the casino, I guess. If you're stealing money, what's the point of gambling? I don't fucking know. You're already getting free money. You think you're going to get more? Her boyfriend of three years up until the day she was arrested testified that she had offered to take him on a trip to Thailand, which he declined. And he was like, how can you take me on a trip to Thailand? You don't have a job. (laughs) Like, how are you getting money? Right. And apparently she told her boyfriend and her boyfriend's family that Lynn had overdosed on pills and she was admitted to a hospital in the area because she was in a coma. But that wasn't true. Lynn was never in a coma. She was found dead. By her? Yes, by her. So, And at the scene, everything. She's pronounced dead at the scene, right? I would assume so. No one has said that in any Uh, report, but I would assume so, yes. But, I mean, either way, she for damn sure was not admitted to a hospital because she was in a coma. Yeah, this woman has totally lost it. Yeah, so... He didn't, you know, think much of that until she got arrested and he found out the details of the case because then he's like, why would she lie to me about that? Of course he didn't question that. Why would you ever question that? Yeah, right. Exactly. So he called her when she was in jail, you know, awaiting her trial and he asked her about it and she said, I don't understand why you're being this mean. It doesn't even make sense. And he said... I'm not being mean at all. I'm being what any normal human being would be in this situation. I don't know you, Jesse. And she said, yes, you do. And he said, no, I don't. I don't. Nobody makes supplies like that to the person they love. You don't love anybody. And then she said to him, I told you that to protect you for a reason. What the reason was, she doesn't say. Yeah, she's just trying to gaslight or whatever. Like, yeah. And then he said, that's pretty disgusting. That's a disgusting thing to lie about. So the jury was told about that conversation and he, you know, shed some light onto her spending habits and some of the questions that he had about them, like I said. Um, Where did you get the money for this? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I told you she was arrested and then, you know, now we're now we're talking about her trial. Just want to make that clear to everyone in case that wasn't clear enough. So since this all happened. Some of her interviews with detectives have, you know, come out either at the trial or just reported in the news. Sure. And, you know, they're asking her about the eye drops. And first she says she doesn't know anything about it. And then she says that. It's Visine. I bought it at CVS. No, no. <laughs> then, then she said that she actually saw Lynn putting eye drops into a drink yeah and when they asked you know if she had ever done it she said i didn't purposely ever mix anything for her never swear to god i'm not lying she put eye drops under her water once in a while once in a while it's a good it adds salt in her vodka once in a while 
She kept trying more different doses. So apparently she was trying to say that she was doing this once in a while to test out like dosages to kill herself or something. And she knew about this. Jessica knew about this and didn't try to get her any help, I guess. Um, but, or Jessica was putting them in the drinks. Right. Yeah. Just a little bit, a little get her warmed up. Yeah, exactly. But her story eventually changed again. You know, you don't say. And she told detectives that she had actually put eye drops into a bottle of water for her, but only two drops. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yes, officer. I only had two beers tonight. Yeah. You know, like, like, what, dude? Like, I don't even understand why she would. Why does she think anyone would fucking believe the story? Why would you put two drops of eye drops into your friend's water because they asked you to because they're trying to kill them. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Even if you did do that, like, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So on November 14th, 2023, Jessica was found guilty of first degree intentional homicide and two counts of felony theft. And... This is actually how I found out about the case because I saw a video of her when the judge read the sentence to her and she broke down crying. Fair. Yeah, that makes sense that you would cry about that. But I don't know what you expect when you try to murder your friend. Well, also, it's just she's not sad that she did it. No, she's just sad that she's going to jail. She said she got caught. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm supposed to be rich. I'm not supposed to be, you know, in jail. Right. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. So, so her sentencing is going to take place on December 7th. Oh, that's coming so, up. Yeah. So that'll be this week, actually. Keep an eye out. Keep, we'll, we'll probably mention it on next week's episode. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. We'll update you guys on next week's episode once we hear the, the sentence. All right. And then one more case that I just wanted to touch on briefly is the case of Nancy Ng. She was a 29-year-old teacher for students with disabilities from California. Oh, so she's out in California teaching kids. Yes. In October of this year, Nancy went on a yoga retreat hosted in Guatemala at Lake Atitlan and vanished. She had a... Yes. From a yoga retreat. Yeah. At a beautiful lake. Yes. Poof. Yes. That's why That's why it got a lot of coverage because it was so weird. Right. She had attended the retreat last year and she loved it so much that she wanted to go back this year. So this was the second time going. It's not even unfamiliar territory. Right. I mean, it is, right? I bet, you know, you don't know the culture and all that, whatever is going yeah. on. I mean, you know, you could go to a really nice spa or resort in a really fucked up city or a really fucked up part of a city, right? Like dangerous part of the town or whatnot. Yeah. The retreat was hosted by Los Angeles instructor Eduardo Ramada. And if I remember correctly, the first couple weeks after Nancy disappeared, nobody had any idea what happened to her. Like her family didn't know. The public didn't know. I mean, no, it Truly, like, the only information that anyone had was just that she had disappeared. But as time went on, it came out that another 
member of the retreat had actually been with her when she disappeared, which was obviously strange because nobody knew about that before and her family had not been contacted by this person. Mm. The per- You can find the name of the person online. I mean, the, it's been published in many articles, but I'm just... Yeah, well, let, if you want to see it, go ahead and take a look. Yeah. Social media blew up with this news, and the person came forward via their lawyer, to the public at least, to say that she had been out on Lake Atitlan at the same time as Nancy while they were kayaking. Nancy told this person, who is a woman, that she wanted to swim, and this person apparently warned her of the choppy waters and said, you know, it could be dangerous to swim. You might not want to do that. At least that's what she says happened. After Nancy got into the water, she, according to this person, accidentally pushed her kayak away from her. So this person tried to help her get the kayak, you know, back. So she was, I guess, had one leg in her kayak and then had another leg in Nancy's kayak and was trying to kayak back towards her so that she could get her, you know, the kayak back. It's a difficult move. Yes. And in the middle of doing this... Nancy just disappeared. Just like, underwater. Yeah. Assuming. Just, yes. Either that are beamed into space. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what she says happened. And she told the public or her lawyer told the public that she has been, you know, um, cooperating with the police investigation and, Eduardo Ramada because some people said that after this happened or after yes after this happened Eduardo and this other lady had were seen walking up on the shore looking like they were kind of in distress and then the whole group or at least those two but I think the whole group packed up their belongings and left the retreat early. So like right away. Yes. Like very soon, very soon after it happened, like within hours or like a couple days within like hours, I think. So obviously police are notified of her disappearance and they start looking for her with their search teams and they also try to talk to, you know, some of the retreat goers, which this is where it gets kind of, well, actually a lot of this is confusing, but this part is particularly confusing to me because both Eduardo and the other lady, let's just call her Miss B. Both Eduardo and Miss B say that they cooperated with police and they've, you know, been trying to be as helpful as possible. Sure. But Nancy's family is saying like, we've been trying to reach out to Miss B and she hasn't responded back to us. She hasn't helped us. And that I think that they were the ones who first put her name out in the public, Uh trying, you know, hoping that she would come forward if that happened. So, it's kind of strange that it took that for her to come forward to say this, but, um, I mean, who knows what her reasoning is. Maybe the lawyer told her not to. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's just really bizarre. Why why not have the lawyer talk to the family for you if you're really that concerned? But I don't know. That just... Well, uh, yeah, who knows? People do weird shit. People do really weird things in these situations. And I, I mean, of course, we can come up with, you know, that she's guilty for sure. Right. But we don't know enough information. I mean, who knows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want to insinuate at all that she's guilty of anything at all. I, I'm just saying this whole thing is just so strange and I'm trying to understand I think like a lot of people, why this is happening this way. Yeah. And then who was it? I think it was the attorney's office in Guatemala said that they actually weren't able to speak with any of the retreat goers because they left before they were able to. So I don't know, you know, which authorities Miss B and Eduardo spoke with. Maybe they spoke with, you know, officers the first officers who were involved or something like that and then weren't able to speak with investigators who got brought into the investigation after, you know, the initial investigators weren't able to find Nancy. But um, the family ended up having to hire their own search teams because the Guatemalan search teams were not able or, well, actually it was the naval team who was helping to find her but after 72 hours they stopped the search so her family hired professionals to search for her and they also asked for you know any local people to keep an eye out for her and I believe that they had professional people on boats you know scanning the water and then I think they might have also had like divers and helicopters and drones, they have not been able to find her. So, so far, the teams that they've hired haven't come up with anything. That's awful. And I think her kayak was found, though. But um, Well, that thing floats. Right. I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So the owners, the owners of the kayak company also came out after, you know, it was put out that, Miss B had been with her and whatnot. They came out to talk about what they witnessed. And they said that when the group returned, there were only eight among them, but we could see in the distance, a distance of about 100 yards, two single kayaks. And we watched them as they continued paddling until we lost sight of them. Wait, the group was coming back, but these two were going elsewhere. Yeah. So, Apparently, the a lot of people in the group were done. They wanted to come back, yeah. but Nancy and Miss B wanted to continue on. So they said, oh, we'll just catch up with you guys later. And then the owners said, I witnessed the survivor, I think talking about Miss B, yeah. being ushered up the steps with a yoga instructor. She was clearly distressed and they didn't say a word to us. What? Yeah. How do you not say something to the people that run the place? I don't know. And then they also didn't pay for the kayaks, which they were obviously supposed to. So these people ended up calling the hotel to ask them to get a hold of them. And the hotel told them that they had already left. And so the owners, 
added in. I just don't understand that part of leaving within eight hours, 12 hours of the accident. So I think she meant like eight to 12 hours of the accident. Yeah. My first, my first thought would be, I need to help them find her. Right. And also like, if they won't let me, I'm not going anywhere for, for at least a couple of days. I mean, yeah. And then, I mean, personally too, I would want to be able to help the family if they needed help, especially if they were begging for my help, which this family has been, they've been begging for their help. And the family said, um, there are people that witnessed what happened within the group that haven't come forward. We're racking our brain as to why they wouldn't want to come forward and help if nothing nefarious happened. So again, I'm not trying to accuse or insinuate that anyone did anything nefarious or committed a crime. It just feels weird. It's just, yeah, weird. And I think everyone is wondering why they wouldn't want to help when the family is really begging for their help. So since then, they're... Like since everything happened with the witness coming out and coming forward about being with her when she disappeared, there hasn't been a whole lot else that has happened. So the search teams haven't found her body. There haven't been any more leads or anything like that. Obviously, they wanted to ask the witness, you know, where exactly it occurred to get some insight into that. But you know, that hasn't happened that we know of at least. And yeah, I mean, the, their family is still looking for right, their so we just, daughter, we just have to sister. Wait. Yeah. And I, I really, really, really hope that they find her because I really want this family to have peace, you know, be able to bring their family member home. Well, I, I you know, I'll add her to the prayers. Me too. Absolutely. So, Yeah, unfortunately, I wish that I could, you know, have more information to talk about this. And I'm I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard about this case, but I did want to talk about it briefly just in case anyone hasn't, even though there's not a whole lot of information out there. So those are three of the cases that have just been on my mind for multiple different reasons that either occurred in 2023 or had updates in 2023. And we will be back very, very soon. In the meantime, you can check out our TikTok at Dark Origins Pod. You can check out our Instagram at Dark Origins Podcast. And if you have any case suggestions or you just want to talk with us, you can reach out at darkoriginspod at gmail.com. And we will respond to you as soon as possible, as soon as we see it. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to go through a few emails, but we'll get to you. If we ever don't respond or don't say anything, it's because we accidentally missed it. I just want to make sure everyone knows that. Just we would never purposely. Just keep bugging us. Bug us, bug us, bug us. Well, it's not bugging us. We love it. So, yeah, just keep sending it till we, till uh-huh. we see it. All right. Thank you all so, so much. And we'll talk to you very soon. I love you all. Thank you all. Bye. Bye.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.